Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Today, we're very excited to welcome Kylie Myers, and she is a parenting coach, and we're going to be discussing different things you can do in order to help better connect with your kids. She is a happy mom of four, passionate about enjoying motherhood and having fun in daily events of life. So Kylie, tell us, (laughs) what are the secrets to being a wonderful, amazing parent? Well, thanks so much. And uh, I, I wish it was that easy where it was just, you know, do these three things and life's super happy and enjoyable all the time, but it's more complicated than that. And as you know, being parents yourself and parents listening, there's just so many variables and so many things that go into our everyday life. I think one of the things for me is that as my kids have been growing up, I've just been wanting to savor these moments and really figure out how to enjoy them. You know, the end of the day, I have four young kids and I was it's just realizing like, I'm just trying to make it till bedtime. And I think that that's how a lot of moms feel. And, you know, probably dads too. I can't speak to them, but I was just trying to make it to bedtime. And then I'd get my kids in bed and I would kind of sit there with some mom guilt, like, Oh man, like bedtime was rough tonight. I didn't get to read with anyone or I didn't get to pray with anyone or I was frustrated when I tucked them in or I knew they were frustrated with me or they wanted to do all these different things and I was just tired. And um then I I didn't know how I was going to make it better the following day. And so I started just doing a ton of research and reading books and finding some different podcasts and reaching out for help and um I've just slowly kind of figured out a few different tools um, that have been helpful for me. And I've seen a change and a shift in the environment of my home and in my kids and in myself mostly. And that's just something that I wish that someone would have come alongside me and saved me all the, the dirty hard work of trying to figure it out on my own. Man, I just wish that I could go back to you know, 10, 10 years ago when I had a two-year-old and was pregnant and I had someone come alongside me and be like, Hey, let me help you. I see you're struggling or here's a better way. Here's a shortcut. Here's a trick. Like you can avoid this trap. And so I just, I want to be that for other moms. Very cool. So what I would like you to do is encapsulate how you were parenting before you did all your research and then what you would describe your parenting as now. Sure. So um, before, I guess I was doing the best that I could. And I don't think I was a bad parent by any means. My intentions were always well, but I think I didn't have all the tools when I thought of like the mom I wanted to be. I didn't necessarily have the tools to be that mom, or I was putting a ton of stress and pressure on myself to maybe perform and check a bunch of boxes and, you know, look perfect on, on the social medias or um, do all the things that I felt like the other moms were doing. And it was really robbing me of so much joy. And it was taking situations where even though the pictures may have looked perfect, like we were decorating Christmas cookies and everything looks wonderful. 
in that snap of a photo, but in real life, it was really stressful and no one was having fun. And I was trying to control the whole situation and control everything and damaging my kids in the meantime, you know, now how I do things differently is that connection is what motivates me. So instead of just trying to get all the things done, I've realized that it really doesn't matter if I get all the things done, if I've broke connection with my kids while doing it, or I've lost connection with my kids while doing it, because that is really everything that, that sets the whole tone and the theme in our house. And I've realized how important that is. I've really just feel like if you lose connection with your kids, you have lost influence. And if you've lost influence, all you have is control. And that's not a way that I want to parent. And I don't think it's really beneficial for kids or for the parent. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I definitely think that if your kids like you, they want to do what you ask them to more readily than if you guys are kind of at each other's throats. Yeah, totally. So really, when you stop and you look through the different situations that you go through on a daily basis, you know, are you parenting uh, out of control or are you parenting out of connection? And it's really easy when you look back on an event where, you know, maybe it's something simple where it's like picking out outfits before going to school. And it's like, are you just picking it out and just saying, this is what you're wearing because I'm the parent and I told you so and damaging your connection over something so silly over clothes, because then, you know, what happens over time is if we're continuously making decisions and parenting out of control, we're shutting our kids out. And then what happens over time is our kids, you know, we become the Charlie Brown teacher where we're just wah, 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 wah. And that's all our kids hear. And then they go find connection elsewhere. Or we lose influence completely with them. And once they have the ability to leave us, whether it's being at school all day or it's moving out or it's going to college or having a job, all of a sudden we can look at our kids and be like, who are you? Who are you? Like, I didn't raise you to be like this. But really what's happened is we've lost connection and they have found connection elsewhere and they've been influenced elsewhere. And so it's so crucial. I think I've just realized like how important it is to foster that connection and cultivate an environment where connection thrives and grows and how beneficial it is for all the parties of a family. When I think in that example of telling them what they're going to wear, you also miss out on natural consequences, you know, like you're going to wear this jacket and you're going to wear this. I know you're really good at that of giving them options and then being like, all right, are you, yeah, are you, totally. like, you know, are you sure this is the weather? This is what I would consider, but it's totally up to you. And so giving them that option, but you do miss out on those natural consequences. Yeah. And I think that it really forced me to a place where I had to realize the difference between discipline and punishment. Mm. And, you know, punishment is something that we do that, you know, we really are intentionally inflicting pain, whether it's physical or emotional um, on our kids versus discipline where we're like, Hey, this is a natural consequence. This might be uncomfortable for you, but 
it's for your well-being. It's for your good, you know? And I think when we discipline and we use, we let natural consequences take their place, we're able to come alongside our kids and show them empathy. And then it actually becomes an opportunity where we can connect with them. You know, you kind of only know the tools that you know as a parent from how you were parented. You know, everyone's baby is perfect until they turn two. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, you're lying to me and you're drawing on the walls. And this is crazy. And I don't know how to deal with this. Like, can we go back to you just being so cute and having a bottle all the time? You know, you're put in this position almost overnight, it seems like, where you're having to correct your kid in different situations. And if you've been raised in a household where discipline ruled or punishment ruled, that immediately will start to flow out of you. It's recognizing, okay, these are the tools that I have been handed now that I'm a parent. And sometimes, you know, that looks like Um, threatening, you know, that looks like intimidation. Sometimes intimidation is the only tool that parents have where they reach into their pocket and it's like, if you do this, I'm going to do that. And they're throwing out all these empty threats because that's the only tool that they have, or maybe it's fear, you know, and you're parenting and instilling fear in your kids because that's how your parents parented you or might be physical punishment or might even be emotional punishment where you know, maybe your parents weren't super physical and you didn't get spanked or grounded or put on timeout, but maybe you got the silent treatment. It's, it's realizing what tools do you want to have? How are you going to get those tools? And then finding someone who's going to teach you and come alongside you and help you use these newly acquired tools. And I think that's why parenting coaching can be so important because a lot of people, you know, they know what tools they have right now, but they don't even know what tools they want. There's a gigantic gap there because they don't know what's out there. Like you said, they only know what they know. And so I think that's where you play a huge role in that. Um, Let me take a step back and talk real quick about discipline. What does that look like when you talk about punishment versus discipline? Give us an example of how do you discipline your child? So I want to jump in here and I want to add on to that a little bit. And let's give you a scenario. You got somewhere important to be, you're running late, your kids are being ornery and they're not wanting to listen. What tools or what approach would you take to try to get them to kind of step two a little bit quicker? Totally. So, um, you know, obviously there's a ton of variables which come into play here. And this is why parent coaching is so, so crucial and so much more effective than necessarily just reading a book or listening to a podcast because it can be tailored per each individual child and their personality. So like I have four kids and they're all completely different. It's wild how different they are. And if you have multiple kids, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. So, you know, let's, I'll give you an example. If it was my 12 year old and she just seemed to be having like a slow day and she was taking a while to get her hair done. And she was taking, you know, a while to eat breakfast because she couldn't decide. I would be able to have a conversation with her and be like, Hey, listen, this is what time it is. This is what time we need to leave by. I need you to have all the things done that you need to have done by this time, or 
these are the consequences. And I think clear communication, even with young kids is so important for us to be able to verbalize our expectations to our children gives them a great opportunity of meeting our expectation and avoiding conflict altogether. If it was my three-year-old who I was having a hard time getting out the door on time, it would look probably more like me getting his shoes, me getting his jacket and putting them in the car and then continuing to get him dressed or finishing getting him dressed when we get to where we're going. He has a really hard time doing all the things at once to get out the door. So I've just learned it really doesn't matter if he puts his shoes on before we get in the car or he gets his shoes on before we go into the grocery store, as long as he gets his shoes on. So it's really kind of me managing my expectations and then making it realistic for my child per their age and the situation. I think that uh, giving clear expectations is super important. So what I heard though is with your 12-year-old, it's almost preemptive. Like you are not waiting for five minutes before and saying, hurry up, get out the door. What are we doing? You know, in this kind of anxious, frustrated tone, you are catching it early enough where you recognize like, oh, she's not managing her time the best. And you need to have that conversation early on. Yeah, totally. So like for her, I would be able to kind of explain, like give her kind of a look at what some of the natural consequences might be. If making sure that her hair looks really good is really important to her, I could tell her, hey, listen, you're running out of time and you might not have time to get your hair done if you don't kick it into gear and go a little bit quicker. And I don't want you to be embarrassed when we get to church or where we're going because you didn't get your hair done how you want it to get done. Is there anything that you need me to do to help you manage your time better? You know, and just kind of give them tools that are going to help them be successful because that's the goal. And I think that in my heart as a parent, I always want to communicate that my goal is for them to be winning, right? Like my goal isn't to get in the car and say, oh, I told you so. I told you you should have gone faster. You know, my goal is to be their number one fan and cheer them along. And then we all get in the car as a happy family and everything's good. And if some lessons are learned, like we have gotten to church multiple times and one child has not had their shoes. <laughs> this is a real life situation. This is a real life problem. Oh, I house. believe you. <laughs> And um, thankfully, Target is 0.4 miles away from our church. And so we can like make it there, grab the shoes, get back in the car and get back to church within like 10 minutes time frame. You know, it, that this is a regular struggle. So now like we did that three times and now we have someone double check that this kid has shoes in the car. We even have a pair of slides, like little slippers that stay in the trunk to make sure that in the event that we get there again, we have shoes there, but you know, a natural consequence is, Hey, you didn't, you didn't get your things. Like you might be cold or, Hey, we checked the weather on the Alexa before we left. You didn't think you were going to be cold, but here we are and it's 60 degrees and it's windy. So you'll probably really remember next time to grab a jacket. And I think an interesting thing, and this is something I'm sure a lot of parents will struggle with is the fear of what other people will think about them. But I think at the end of the day, coming mm -hmm. to this recognition that it doesn't really matter what they think about me, but it matters what is the job I'm doing with my kids? 
what is the end outcome? If they then learn from this and then they're better at managing their time and doing their hair, or they're better at making sure that they have the shoes that they want to wear when they're going to church, then it ends up being a win. And if there's a momentary bit of discomfort or embarrassment, that's worth the learning of the lesson. But if you always swoop in and save your kids from their mistakes, then why would they ever stop making that mistake? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Kylie Myers, the parent coach. We hope that this information so far was informative and helpful to you. And we have part two coming up in just two days. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.